Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, and uh, we're excited you're here today. We've got a nice show lined up again. Uh, Before we start, I'd like to remind you that uh, we have our reminder that we'll come to you in the email all about our radio show, and we also send you other notices, too, about teleconferences coming up and special uh, events, uh, so it's important that you sign up for that at our site, letstalkadoption.com, and also uh, send us your questions on adoption uh, to info at letstalkadoption.com, and we'll put those on the air, too, and um, we're also compiling a book uh, with all our questions that we have from listeners. So um, your questions are important to us, and if you'd like to have those included in our book, um, we'd be happy to include them in there too. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, how to talk to your child about adoption. This is an important, important topic that um, many people, that's probably the biggest question people have is, how do you talk about the ch- to our children about adoption? When do we tell them, and what do we say? So my guest today is Carrie Kitsy, and... Um, Carrie is an adopted mother of two daughters that were born in China, and she is also the author of two wonderful children's books, uh, We See the Moon and I Don't Have Your Eyes, um, which help open the adoption dialogue with children at an early age, um, creating the foundation for conversations in the future, which is what we all want to do, make it easy for our children. So we're going to share where you can find her books also, those two wonderful books. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you, Marty. It's good to be here. Well, I've, I've got so many questions to ask you, and both your daughters were born in China. Is that correct? That's correct. And um, you have you shared with me, you know, when we did a, our pre-interview, a little bit about how your daughters have taught you so much. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting because we forget that often. Can you tell us what, what you learned from them, too, um, and from, from your daughters? Because how old were they when, when you first, um, they first entered your family? They were both under a year. Oh, were they? They were pretty much babies. Yeah. Um, but as they've as they've grown, both of them have taught me many different things. And my oldest daughter is the one who's been the impetus for the books that I've written uh-huh. and many of the things that I've done because of the questions that she's had. They've asked. How old are the girls now? My oldest daughter is eight. She's in third grade. Uh-huh. And my little one is first in first grade, and she is six. That's great. So you you've so got. They're in questioning ages right now. Yes, right in the middle of this. a big time, and really funny. If we could videotape them all the time, because the kids at that age have the funniest things to say and the most provocative. They are not afraid to ask a question that we would never say. <laughs> My children fall into that camp. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked earlier about the biggest question is when do you start talking to ch- children about adoption? And I have my own beliefs on that, and I know I want to get your input on that too because that is what people ask all the time. When do you start with your child? And then, you know, what do you say? Well, I don't think you can start too early. Um, A friend of mine, Adam Pertman, who's the executive director of the Evan B. Donaldson Adoption um, Institute. He's been on our show, uh huh? He he talks a little bit about um, a story from a social worker friend of his, and this um, it's a domestic placement, and this mom is getting the baby placed in her arms, and she whispers to the social worker, when do we tell him that he is adopted? And the social worker um, leans over and whispers right back to her on the way home. <laughs> and, I love it. You know, that's, that's really when you should start doing yes. it. We need to practice as parents because some of these things are difficult to do. Right. I mean, to talk about some of the issues that our kids are going to face, mm-hmm. they're tough, tough things to do. And we need practice because we need to present a front that this is not shameful. It's not a anything secret, yeah. to be worried about. Yeah. It's just a fact of what it is. So we need to get over our inhibitions on what it means 
and help our children to get there too. So I thought that was a really good piece of advice from right. You know, you you've mentioned too that you know there there we know there's age appropriate answers, and I know that when my first son asked me, you know, "Mom, where did I come from?" You know, I kind of froze up a little bit because I didn't know what he meant. You know, from like making a baby or you know, and he just wanted to know where he was born. You know, he was little and he wanted to know what state he was born in. And um, but he knew about adoption. We'd always said that. But it was, you know, all those extra details, too. What are some of the age appropriate answers you have given your daughters to that might help some of our listeners with with their questions they have from their kids? Well, I think your point is is very well taken that you really need to know the question your child is answer is asking so that you can answer that particular question, because oftentimes we have in our heads this story that we're supposed to impart to our kids, but they're not actually asking some of those detailed questions. So getting to know exactly what it is that they're looking for that you can answer is always good. So clarification. Exactly. Clarification is good. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you ask? What what specifically are you looking for? Wow, did you hear something about this at school? It's always nice to get a little background. Yeah, and not do it quiz like they're in trouble. Oh, exactly. You know, just kind of, I do, conversational, yeah. Yeah, oh, I do parallel, uh, you know, uh, conversation with my kids where I'm cooking or we're gardening and we chat about things. So I'm busy doing other things and just talking with them. So it's not like I'm stopping and looking in their eyes and saying, why do you ask that, you know? Uh, right, exactly. So go ahead. But, you know, then what I do is I listen, I listen to the question that they're really asking and I answer it in a way that I know at the stage that my children are at, they're going to understand. Um, you know, you, you don't need to get into the sex talk with a four-year-old kid, but when they start asking about birth parents, you need to talk a little bit about where babies come from. Right. And each child is going to have a different understanding of that and a different cognitive level that they're going to be able to get some of the pieces. Right. Um, and part of it is you're just going to know your children. You can tell when you've told them too much when immediately they've changed the subject and they're starting to color or they're doing something right. else. So they give you, you know, their cues to let you know, enough information, too much information, I'm done with you now, those kinds of things. Yeah, and I think that uh, starting early with books like you have right now, you know, I'm going to give out your website too so that we don't forget to do that because you're, the two books, and I know you're working on some more, um, We See the Moon and I Don't Have Your Eyes. What is the website they can go to to, to, to look for those? And I know they're probably very available at bookstores too, but give your website out. Primarily we do, uh, most of our sales are actually through Amazon, so really? we do a lot of online stuff. But my website is emkpress.com. Com. So it's Edward and Mary Ke- Kelly Press, e- EMK Press, uh-huh. That's correct. And on the, on the site, we also have parent resources. There's some free guides to download that help parents on different parts of their journey. Great. So it was a, it's, a, it's a great website just to find stuff. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful to, to direct people over to that, too, because uh, we do need all the help we can get. I, and, I know. I know I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had shared that your daughter is eight, but she's going on 30. What challenging questions did she have for you? And could you share a few of those, too? Well, when she was pretty small, she was um, not quite three, in the middle of the night, um, you and I had talked about this, she's very good at asking very detailed questions with hard issues when she can't see my eyes. So either I'm accelerating onto a rain-soaked highway at 60 miles an hour (laughs) and merging into heavy traffic, or it's in the middle of the night and I'm lying in bed next to her at 3 o'clock in the morning after a very busy day. You know, both times you're at your mental peak. and. She has asked very pointed questions. One, she wanted to know if if one of her uh, birth parents was still alive. Is my other daddy dead? Mm -hmm. Well, she was not quite three. And at that point, I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to have to do this until she's six. Because you read the literature and it says, well, you start talking (laughs) about this at six. But you know what? You have to listen to what your children need. You know, the literature is pretty much a guide. But you're the parent who knows your child the best 
and can understand when they need to, to talk about these things and when you can help them to work through some of the difficult issues that they will. And I think just uh, just uh, being aware of that, being of their temperament, too, and knowing what they're asking for. But there are some wonderful books, and I know you're working on a couple more of them uh, with uh, you know, a couple people we know that have been on the show. And um, we'll have to have you back when those new books come out. But some great parenting books out there for children. You shared also, it's very important for people. I want you to share the story uh, about the woman reading the book. That We read these books ahead of time before we just sit down with our children and open it up for the first time after we're, we get them in the mail or go pick them up at the bookstore. Why is that? Well, the, the We See the Moon book, when it first came out, I was at a, an event, and I was sitting at a table selling books. This woman comes and picks it up. It's a beautiful book. It's got Jinchon peasant paintings, and it's very pleasant to look at. And there's very few words on a page, so there's a lot of white space. And this woman starts reading, and she reads, I may never know you, but I wonder who you are and what you look like. Do you wonder, too? This is from part of my book. About talking about their birth parents and about... And the full moon glows heavy in the night sky, a beacon of beauty and truth. Why did you leave me? She gets to that sentence, gasps audibly, shuts the book, sets it down, tears start streaming down her face, and she walks away. Wow. The reason that we read these books first (laughs) is so we can practice. We can get a handle on the emotions that are ours and not our children. Right. Um, Our children are coming to this with the experience of having lived it. Mm-hmm. Our children are the ones who have been given up by birth parents. Our children are the ones who've been left on street corners or you know, have had some sort of abandonment Issues, in right. their life. And they're the ones who have the, the feelings inside that they, it's happened to them. Right. We look at it from the outside and can't understand how someone could do that. Right. What do you and, say when, when you, one of your daughters asked that? Yeah, my, my oldest, who's going on 30, <laughs> asked, <laughs> she said to me, how could anyone do that? Uh, and my answer say? to her was, I don't know. And I think as adoptive parents, we have to be honest with our children, and we have to let them know when these are tough things. Right. You know, these are very tough things Especially for our in, children. And international uh, adoptions, children, a lot of times, uh, you know, they're, making, they're, having, they're, they're seeing more open adoption now, but, you know, there's still a, quite a great a deal of, of, of questions and unanswered um, things that children need in international adoption. How do you answer that when, um, when children have questions about, you know, why did she leave me and where did she leave me and who, who was I with before I was with you? Well, some of the information you can surmise using best guesses, and I always, inf- you know, tell my children when we're guessing what things are. Um, some of it, there is cultural context that you can place around it. Some of it you just plain don't know. And unfortunately for both of my daughters, there are some pretty big gaps. You know, there are holes in who these people are who left them. But there are clues that we can find. Um, And some of the clues are pretty subtle. Some of the clues you can find by looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. You sit with your daughter or your son and you can look in the mirror and you can see a piece. You know, if we look at hereditary, we can see people that we're related to and how we look alike and how we look different. And you can look with your child at those things as well. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to interpolate some of these things when we don't have concrete answers. Exactly. And I think a lot of times as parents we want to fix everything. And you we know, can't. We can't. <laughs> and we try to find the Band-Aid, and I think that you know that's hard. We just want to protect our children. We want to be that, that safety net underneath them. Right. And I think sometimes they just have to, to uh, know the truth, and that's why I encourage people not to lie to their kids because they need to know the truth. Well, um, it always yeah. comes back to get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. How I look at telling the adoption story is, 
everything you tell your child should be the truth as you know it at the time. Because there are times when you learn more information and something's going to change. There may have been information that you were given that was incorrect or was an untruth. And with my oldest daughter, we actually were told that she had been in the orphanage all the time, and we found out later that she had been with a foster family. So that was a big piece of information for us. Mm -hmm. It helped us to understand that when she came to me at 10 months, she was walking, she was um, sucking noodles, she was doing all these things that a baby in an orphanage wouldn't do. It didn't make sense to us. Mm -hmm. But we had no additional information. But as you start to tell the story, you're setting up a skeleton. And you start with the bones, the main structure, And then with each passing of the story, as children get older and they have a need for more information and they have an understanding for different pieces of information and the ramifications of what it means, then you start to put the flesh on that Mm -hmm. and you build that. But you have to make sure that foundation is secure and that is the truth. Yeah. You share something, too, that you mentioned uh, what every adopted child has is a loss. Yeah. Share a little bit about that. Well, every adopted child starts out having been given away. And that's a fundamental loss. That Sounds will co- so awful. <laughs> well, it's a fundamental loss that will color their, their lives mm-hmm. in one way or another. Each child will deal with that piece of information differently. But generally, between the ages mm-hmm. of six and eight, children start to understand mm-hmm. that adoption isn't win-win. Mm-hmm. Adoption is win-lose. Sometimes it's lose-lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and it depends on their experience. And it depends if it's a domestic, international, and some birth moms, I don't want to get my hate mail from my birth mothers because many of them out there really feel it's a win-win, but there is still loss underlying. Well, not, not for the child. Yeah. Look at it from the perspective of the child. The child, right. The child is not get, they don't get the opportunity to be raised in a family that looks like them, that right. is of their genes. So I'm not saying that adoption is a bad thing. I happen to think it's very good. I have two, I have two delightful children, and I can't imagine my family any other way but for a child you know and for my oldest daughter the pain that has caused from the journey that she's been on so far it's been difficult for her and she may have been better off to be back with her birth family I have to say that she probably would have been but they for some reason she was abandoned right there was a you know for whatever reason yeah I mean, I can pull in cultural context. I can surmise in a number of right. ways. But the bottom line is I really don't know why. Does it, and does I, it, go ahead. I don't know who did it either. We don't know if it was a birth mother or a birth father or grandparents. I see. In, in China, it could be any one of those. And does it help to learn about the culture so you might understand the pain they must have been fa- facing too as far as this family? Because they, I'm, I, you know, they may have very much loved this child, but they placed her in a place she would be found. That's true. Um, I do think on one level it does, but when you're six and eight years old, it doesn't you matter. usually look at things pretty myopically. Yeah. And so, yeah, they may have had struggles. Other families have struggles and keep their children. Yeah. You know, so it's not to say anyone is right or wrong. For my daughter, it's been a struggle for her to understand this. Exactly. And I yeah. think it is for a lot. And that's why it's important to talk about as, as right. people it is. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to share more about how to talk to your child about adoption and um, we're going to talk about some tips that uh, you can use also to speak to your children age appro- appropriate. And um, hopefully this will help you a lot in the future. And even if you haven't adopted, this will help you prepare for your child when you do adopt. We'll be right back.
All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, choose how much contact you want, and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell on KFIA AM 710. If you just joined the program today, we're talking about um, how to talk to your child about adoption with author Carrie Kitsy. And Carrie, um, we have more questions for you, too. I do want to remind our listeners right now that um, if you are interested in adopting, there are lots of sites. We're going to give you Carrie's site also for her books. And uh, also remember to check out the sites of openadoption.com. Um, adoptingonline.com a lot of these uh, sites have lots of information for you uh, my book site which is adoptingonline.com is a, uh, a large book um, you can save $10 off of that right now and there's a money back guarantee so if you buy it through the book site it's also at different bookstores online and uh, in your in your brick and mortar uh, bookstores in your town so uh, if it's not there you can always ask for it Carrie your book uh, site is emkpress.com and that's, that's where correct people can find out more about these great books that are wonderful for not only international but uh, domestic adoptions too. Uh, the one is We See the Moon and uh, the other one um, share the other topic too is uh, I, don't have your, I Don't Have Your Eyes. So those are two of the children's books and you know I think we say children's books but they really teach us a lot. I collect children's books and um, I think we learn a lot from the books with kids, with these books that are written for children but they really are meant for adults too. Well, We See the Moon has been used by adult adoptees to help them. There are many adult adoptees who have really struggled through their lives because they have not had parents who felt very open about talking about some of these issues. And part of that was because, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, the common um, misconceptions that were um, used in adoption were mm -hmm. of, not about openness but about closed. Yes. Once a child was placed, that the rest of the memory was wiped away, and the child should never, they're in a happy home now, they should never have to think about their past. Yeah, and they um, said the same thing in birth parents. Forget it, go back about your life and just I know, get over I mean, it. It's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I'm so glad to hear that with this, and, and as we're seeing more around for books come out. So let's share a couple tips with people as far as, you know, I know when your one tip is, is to be honest. Oh, yeah. And to, you talk about pebbling. Oh, pebbling. Howie Van Goulden has a technique that she calls pebbling. And if you drop a rock into a pond, little ripples come out from it. And what pebbling does is you can drop a little something that gives your child an idea to think about something. So, for example, if I'm brushing my daughter's hair, I can say, wow, you have such gorgeous hair. She actually has red highlights in it. So it's jet black with these red highlights mm. in it. And there's someone in her family who has that. So I often wonder if her birth mother has long hair like her and it looks like this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I use that when I'm talking to her and I'm brushing her hair. 
what that does for her is understand that, you know, birth parents are part of our everyday conversation. They're with us every day. Uh They're with her every time she looks in the mirror. And every time I look at her, I can see someone else. Right. So it, it, it gives you a sense that this is normal. This is just a fact of what it is, and it's something that is available for conversation at any time. And I think it's important. I know I've done that with my son because I did meet his birth mother and his stepbrother, and I would comment at times that, oh, you're so, you, you have the same structure as your birth mother does, mm-hmm. you know, the tall and thin and the same hair and the smile. And so it really has that connection, and I don't think it has sadness. It just ties it all in. So that it's not just some surprise that comes only up on their chosen day or their gotcha day or something, you know. Right. Um, do you celebrate those days? Do you celebrate we do, adoption we do day? An, we do an adoption day. We usually do um, some ceremonies with candles. My kids are big into candles. Oh, they are. So we, <laughs> we, we like candles and we send wishes. So if you blow out, blow out a candle that you've lit and you say a wish, it goes up with the smoke. Uh-huh. We do that. And we also do wishes on the moon, actually, which is the cornerstone of the We See the Moon book. Uh-huh. I had a grandmother who lived in Florida, and I grew up in Colorado, and when she couldn't be with me, which was often because we lived pretty far apart, she said, oh, look up at the moon, and I'll look at the moon because we look at the same moon, and I'll be thinking of you, and you can think of me. Yes. It's this wonderful tool of connection. Right. The other piece for my kids is that they can look at the moon, and they can think about anybody they want to, and it's private. Yes. It's personal, and it's a connection that they can make, which right. I think is really important. I think so, too. You know, uh, when other people ask questions also about, about your children, about the, their, their history. How do you answer those awkward questions? Um, we're going to be doing a show you know, about how to get through the holidays and get through those, those uh, very uncomfortable questions. But some, some things you can, tips you can give, because you're, you're not Asian. No. And uh, your family. So here you have two girls from China. When people ask you questions, what do you say? What can you recommend to listeners? Well, it depends on the mood I'm in, quite frankly. Yes, it also I know that really depends. <laughs> it really depends on the mood my kids are in, because, you know, the story is theirs. It's yes. not mine. Yeah. And my oldest daughter is actually kind of irritated that people can tell so much about her past by looking at her face. Wow. She would like control over that information, and she doesn't have it. And when we go out together, it tells a story. Actually, when we go out together as a family of four, uh-huh. because with just me, it could be there could be a dad who's Chinese, and we get questions about uh-huh. that. Sometimes I'll answer questions. It depends on the person who's asking and what what reason that they're asking. Exactly. And I think, you know, I've learned so much, too, from other people when I, you don't just say, oh, are they adopted? Because I'm working adoption all the time. It's easy. But I know that I, in front of children, I really respect the, the privacy because this is their story. That's and right. it's not, and sometimes you can take an educational standpoint on it and other times just, you know, it's none of their business. Um, and I really, I like to ask my children because I remember the, the press asking my son if he wanted to be on the news and he was, I think, five and he said, mom, Quite frankly, I don't want to be on the news. It was so cute because I really asked him, and the, the news reporter said, what do you mean he won't be on the air? And I said, this is his life. It's his adoption story, and, and he doesn't want to be interviewed, and I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I think, I think as a, again, as parents, we really do need to take the cues from our children. Right. And when they're little, they don't understand a lot about their story, and we really shouldn't talk about them standing in front of them. That's, I mean, that's right. Just, that's yeah. just one of those, as Miss Manners would say, well, not yeah. very full of manners. That's so, right. It's not... You know, well, I think you know what we're going to do too is Carrie. We're going to have you back next week on the show, and we're going to be discussing life books, and we're going to carry carry on with this conversation of, of our children's lives and how we can put it into print and really help them too. So that's going to be a great show next week. Make sure to tune in for that. And Carrie, I want to thank you again for being on the show this week, and I, I remind you again that the website is emkpress.com for her wonderful books, and uh, and also the downloadables for families too. So. 
Carrie, thank you so very much for being on the program. Thank you so much, Marty. I appreciate it. Uh huh. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell. God bless you. And we will see you next week with another wonderful show on Let's Talk Adoption. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. Marty Caldwell.